The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity, because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in the cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. If you know the signs to look for, for a given situation in life, you can tell when something is about to happen. Those of you who find yourself on the interstates and cities that you're not too familiar with, or even Chicago, it's big enough to where you can't remember every exit, might know or not know that there's a sign that you can tell which side of the road the exit is going to be on. If you're looking for exit 357 that's coming up in a couple of miles, well, you can tell from the sign, the big one that goes over the interstate and tells you which exit it is by where the exit number is placed on the big sign. If it's on the right, the exit's going to be in the right-hand lane. If it's on the left, you know it's going to be one of those left-handed exits. If you remember nothing else from the sermon today, write that down that's really helpful in heavy traffic. Also, you know that if you're eating out somewhere and the waiter comes out and if you're hungry, you're always looking to see if it's your food, but you know it will be your food if you're the only table in one area and they come out and they set up that little easel thing right next to your table. You say, yes, the next person coming out is bringing out the tray and we will eat soon. And everybody here at this point, I think in my tenure, knows that when I say the words in a sermon, so then, I'm almost done. Well, often the words or the thing seems insignificant or subtle, not really noticeable, but the thing itself might be a warning light about something that is about to happen. And today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the end of the world and the signs that the end of the world is coming, and on top of that, our hope for redemption throughout those signs. Listen to St. Peter as he writes in his second letter. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then darkness, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. This passage, like so many more, speaks of something so very obvious and very true. The last day is coming. Christ will return on clouds with glory. The dead will be raised, and there will be an account giving. The sheep separated from the goats. We've spoken of this, of course, over the last several weeks. And all will be over and done. Now that day, we are told, is going to come like a thief, unexpected, and just here in, in one instance. But it's not without warning signs, indications that it is coming. 
First of all, Jesus said that it would come. That's a pretty big warning, I would say. He testified through his word, and he also said there's going to be things that you can look at, indicators that you'll know it is almost here. You will know it has come from his words in Matthew's gospel that wasn't read this morning, but you'll be familiar with, because many people will be led astray, going on the way of truth. False teachers will come and lead them away from the truth. There are going to be wars and rumors of wars. And my personal favorite, apropos for our time in many ways, the love of many will grow cold. Today's gospel from Luke Jesus talks in a similar manner. There's going to be signs in the heavens, tumult all over the earth, lots of fear, lots of trembling, and all of these things will be terrible. It will not be a great time to be alive and time to just be happy and everything's wonderful. And all of these things, terrible as they are, are indicators. The show is winding down. It is wrapping up. Now, in the face of this, there's two ditches that people often fall into, two sides, two mistakes that they make. The first one is people try and take all of these indicators of the end coming and then make a precise prediction about when it's going to happen. Someone gets really wrapped up in the end time prophecies, and they are there in the Bible, and then they try and calculate when the date will be. Nailing down the date, and even in some cases, as you probably know over the years, accruing a lot of followers that follow them. And I'm always sort of baffled when the date comes and passes that the person still has any followers left. But they usually do somehow. I'm not sure how that works. But of course, this ignores the explicit words that our Lord gave. Nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody. No exceptions. The Father alone knows. And of course, as Paul echoes, Peter's sentiment, it will come like a thief. And these people are treating, by the way, their newspapers or the news on TV and the doom and gloom that they paint as being a little more important than the Bible, and they just kind of shove the Bible aside and then focus too much on that, but that's a side issue. I don't think that problem is really common for Lutherans. Um, it's not really something that we get into as much. But rather, I think if the other ditch is the problem that we struggle with, and that is the one of indifference. We don't really actively care or think about the end. In one sense, we think there's been so many generations of people that have come and gone since the Lord ascended into heaven. I will probably do the same. I'll be long gone when Jesus comes again in glory. So why should I be paying attention to all of these signs that he talks about for the end coming? But this also, like the first, ignores God's word, saying we should always be mindful of his coming. We should always be prepared for his coming. And Jesus is giving us these signs to do just that. Now, the signs aren't so specific that we can predict the actual date. But the thing is, friends, they're not so vague that they are irrelevant. They are just simply what Jesus says they are. Blinking lights, indicators that the end is coming, and their increase means that it's getting, of course, nearer day by day. Now, the Lord's words are, yes, broad to a certain extent, Okay, tumult, fear, trembling. What generation has not had those things in any degree since the Lord ascended into heaven? We have a lot of wars now, a lot of lawlessness, but so is every time and place. And love growing cold, you can find that everywhere. 
On the one hand, these things have existed ever since humanity's eviction from the Garden of Eden, but, I don't know, on the other side, they do seem to be increasing, do they not? Let's think about our own lifetime, for instance. Most of us here were born in the 20th century, which is undoubtedly the bloodiest century on record. The wars and the amount of death and destruction that happened in those wars is hard to put into words. You have next to that the destruction, the tearing apart, and the just utter, utter decimation of the fundamental unit of God's creation and society, the family. Parents against children, husbands against wives, broken homes, homes that should not be homes, and the like. God's created order has been upended in our day and even celebrated in many quarters of this country that we live in. If you do not join in the celebration, you are viewed as being crazy. And of course, there is the big one, something we should not overlook. 62 million people, babies, since Roe v. Wade, killed in their mother's womb. A very dark statistic indeed. Dear friends, things are awful right now. We have good days, we have a good community and good lives, but let us not put blinders on and ignore the darkness that is around us. And yes, it seems to be in many ways getting worse. Some people will consider these things, whether what I'm saying now or knowing about them in the news and flippantly say, well, it's just not that bad. Things have always been bad. Why single out this time or this age? Or it's just history playing out. Shrug it off. What are you going to do? But that's not what Christians do. We see these things when we recognize them. We call them what they are, and we, moreover, lament them. We say to, uh, out loud, how long, O oh Lord? We don't ignore the evil. We don't sanction it. But we see the effects of a world that has chosen itself over God, and we pray, Lord, have mercy. In the face of the evil, and seeing all of these signs and their increase of the nearing end, we don't turn the other way, but rather we turn to the Lord and we flee to him for refuge because we know, we know that he alone is the one that can, in the midst of these things and through them, bring us deliverance and salvation. Now in the gospel lesson, it might have slipped past you in the long list of all of the bad things that are happening, but hear these words again. Jesus says, now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of the lawlessness, in the midst of the lovelessness that we see all around us, he doesn't say bury your head in the sand. He doesn't say run the other way. He says raise up your heads. Essentially he says be hopeful. Have a positive disposition looking towards the future. Because through all of these bad things, through all of these evil things and these dark things, it means that the end is coming soon. God is coming to close up this world, to vindicate his name, and yes, to rescue his people. That's what these things finally mean. Heaven and earth will pass away, the Lord says, but my words, they will not pass away. That is, of all the seemingly terrifying and distressing and harmful things, all of those things, they will pass away and be nothing. They will be gone. But Jesus Christ, in his word of promise, his word of pardon, forgiveness, and truth, that will remain. He will keep his promise, and his people, you, the church, 
will be rescued. So then, what does Jesus say to do? He says to look through the disaster all around you. Look through these dark times that the Lord has placed us in. Look through them, look past them, and look to him. Look to Jesus Christ. Don't be overwhelmed with the difficulty, whether it's just something that someone else experiences that you hear about it, or even the degree to which you yourselves experience and know it. But rather, focus on the one, the crucified and risen one, who the difficulty marks is coming. Look at the one who will come and once and for all end it. That is to say, look at the clouds, silver lining as it were. Jesus Christ is coming. He is coming soon. And he is coming to save you. Amen.